For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back. All this week we're talking to Walt Mueller. If you haven't listened to his two previous episodes, I'd encourage you to go back and uh, listen to the wisdom he shared with us uh, thus far. Um, today, Walt, the question is, what's a truth you cling to for encouragement in ministry? Um, this can be a truth that you might have clinged to back when you were in youth ministry or a truth that now currently uh, you cling to um, at CPYU. I mean, just something the Lord continues to bring to mind. So yeah, um, yeah. what's something? All right, this may sound a bit unusual. All right. <laughs> um, are you ready for this? I think so. Okay. I, I, I constantly, and I, and I tell young youth workers this as well, and older youth workers, but I have found it incredibly helpful to meditate on the reality of my own human depravity. That isn't, yeah. I'm stumping yarn. I, well, no, it, no. I was I was prepared for for something worse. I don't know what, but but yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> I'd love to know what it was. Yeah, honestly, it was. there's was nothing like, up there. Yeah, I mean, have you heard that answer before? I don't know. I I just I don't think I would have said that, you know, a decade or two ago. But you know, as you and I have talked earlier about getting older, and hopefully with that comes wisdom. Um, you don't. You just don't get to know God deeper. Hmm. you get to know yourself deeper because the the more deep you go into things of the Lord, the more exposed you yourself become to God's word and God's truth and the brokenness of your own mind, your own heart, your own life. So, hmm. you know, we I have a couple of friends that we talk about this all the time that we we have lost our sense of human depravity in this culture. I think we have a whole element of people who believe in the inherent goodness of humanity, which is totally against what we read about in Scripture. But unfortunately, I think in the church, that attitude is crept in as well. And if we don't watch out, that becomes a part of who we are, because we're swimming in that culture. And I think that when we... A few things happen. One is when we lose our sense of our, our depravity, we have no need, absolutely no need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do I need God's grace? Why do I need, why do I need the cross? You know, why do I need forgiveness? And certainly then I'm never going to see my own sin and repent. So, you know, I think just to have a sense of the cross, but also, or you know, the goodness of God and, and what God has provided in the history of redemption, you know, we need Jesus. But I think in addition, it serves as, well, I like to think of it sort of as uh, like when you go to a bowling alley and you take your little kids there, you put the bumpers up. And the bumpers exist to keep the ball out of the gutter. And I think we need bumpers in our life to keep us and ourselves out of the gutter, so to speak. And I think a good theology and understanding of one's own depravity serves like those bumpers when kids go bumper bowling that, you know, as we are 
on the trajectory of life and moving ahead, there are so many things that can trip us up, so many things that can take us down, that a sense of my depravity, and including, as time goes on, a deeper sense of how my depravity works itself out in unique ways. Mm. You know, what are the specific things that I am drawn to that bring honor and glory to the kingdom of the world, the flesh, and the devil, as opposed to bringing honor and glory to the kingdom of God? And so I find that to be really helpful as well. So, you know, I don't shout my my weaknesses from the mountaintop, but I do talk about my weaknesses to the Lord. I talk Mm -hmm. about my weaknesses to myself and I talk about my weaknesses to a couple of really close friends. And so over the years, you know, you learn what these things are. And I think especially now in our culture where, you know, there's two things that are happening in our culture that really make a good sense of depravity important. One is things that used to be seen as vices almost universally in our culture and now seen at the very least as benign and I think in some circles actually virtuous. And just to be blunt, I think a lot of what the scripture calls sexual sin would fall into that category. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I think that's an issue. Uh, And I think the other issue is why it's helpful, you know, related to the culture is we swim in the cultural soup just like our kids, and it wears on us. And I think we become desensitized to the horror of sin when we're living in a culture that just mm. propagates and, and promotes it all the time. Oh, yeah. So, you that, know, so I need that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. I mean, it is. Um, I mean, that sounds similar to, you know, you think back to John Calvin saying, to know God, we must know self, and to know self, we must know God. And so there is something about looking within uh, that can illustrate, you know, what God is. When we, you know, know God is holy and and set apart (laughs) by looking at our own broken, sinful, depraved heart, that can help us better understand, uh, you know, what holiness uh, means. And um, anyway, so I, I think that is an important um, yeah. Yeah. Truth, and and like you said, that keeps us um, alert to um, the culture um, as well, in ways in which um, things that are taboo are becoming accepted, and and all that. So uh, that's good. That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so that's a that's a big one. I and I'll uh, the other thing I'd share in terms of encouragement is just thinking. You know, as I get older in youth ministry, there's this tendency, and again, you know, when we talk about how culture becomes dated so quickly, right? Um, we, we think, you know, we, I think we, we actually live in a culture where the older folks are becoming more and more expendable in our, in our minds. And I certainly don't want to become expendable. I don't feel like I'm expendable. In fact, I don't really feel old. It's just when I celebrate a birthday and I look, you know, I look, look at when I was born in the year that the birthday's now falling and I'm going, whoa, um, <laughs> how did this happen? But just knowing that God can use anybody at any age, at any place in life, any circumstance in life, that if we are willing to be faithful faithful and obedient and available, and I would throw into that teachable, you know, God can really use use us. So I have this friend who, um, Verna, who is, uh, she's in her 80s, or late 80s, she's getting very close to 90 years old now, 
and she actually works nearby us here in Pennsylvania at a youth center. I know I talk about her all the time. And she started doing youth ministry in 1948. Wow. So just think about that. I mean, I was, in 1948, it was still going to be eight, eight, nine years till I was born. And she's working with junior high kids. And wow. she's been working with kids since then. So what is that? That's 70 years, huh? I mean, she's she's been at some some level. You're you're trying. You're as bad as I am at math, aren't you? <laughs> well, I was trying to pull up my calculator 60, app real quick. Yeah, on my computer. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a long, long. Uh, let's just say it this way: this is youth ministry math, right? Man, that's, that's right. a long time ago. <laughs> so that's good. She shared with me one time a few years ago a couple of verses from Psalm 71 that have stuck with me and been very helpful for me. And it says this in Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18. And she sees this as her marching orders. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Hmm. And I just find great encouragement in that. Absolutely. You know, the world would have us believe, you know, if you're not hip, if you can't wear skinny jeans, if, you, if you're not using beard wash, um, you know, if you don't have your hair cut a certain way or a certain kind of glasses or your body's not shaped a certain way or you don't drink a certain kind of coffee. And I mean, you, we could just make this list go on and on. Oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it used to be can't tell a joke, dunk a basketball or play guitar. Now it's all this, you know, other style stuff. Mm -hmm. We The culture would have us believe we're just irrelevant. You know, mm -hmm. who's going to listen to you? Who's going to. And I've heard that in the youth ministry world, you know, suggesting, um, to powers that be that, you know, here's, here's someone who we ought to have speak at that next conference. Mm -hmm. And a quick response, believe it or not, and I quote, too old, irrelevant. I'm thinking, come on. You know, we lose, we lose our, sense of, our sense of our value for wisdom. Mm -hmm. And God's placed people in our lives uh, to, be, to be wise. So mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that is an encouraging yeah, I term. I find that encouraging, yeah. Yeah, Ed yeah. Welch, he, um, he spoke at our youth leader training conference this past year, and he said it doesn't take an expert to do ministry. And so I think right. that would fall right in line with what you're saying, that God can use anyone and does use anyone um, to, to accomplish his work. Um, so, yeah, that's a great, great truth. Uh, anything yeah. else you got, Walt? No, I think that's what I'll leave it at, you know, just because both those things are – they're all big enough to – to, to chew on, and I think we need to stop and chew on them and think about them because this is where so many people have gotten tripped up, you know, and I think, and, and that's, well, well, let me throw this in too, you know, keep an eye on, look at the people who have stayed faithful in ministry and ask them questions, you know, let them encourage you and ask them, you know, what it is, I mean, how has God worked in your life, what are the decisions you've made that have allowed you uh, to keep on. And then those who maybe the ministry has imploded, things have fallen apart, they've gotten themselves in trouble, ask them, you know, what are the things I need to avoid? Mm -hmm. And so go to older people and ask those questions. I think it's really important. I have numerous older people that I listen to, and some of them have been long dead, and I listen to them through their books and through their writings, and I just find it very, very helpful and encouraging. Hmm. Once again, thanks, Walt. 